Good evening and welcome to another episode of this podcast. Today is Tuesday, the 18th of April, 2023. In today's episode, I will not only summarize Tuesday's trading day, but I will also talk about the question of why Charles Schwab has not suffered as much under rising treasury yields and falling deposits as, for example, the Silicon Valley Bank did. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Today we got earnings from Goldman Sachs and Bank of America. We also got more hawkish comments from Federal Reserve officials. Let us start today's episode by talking about the earnings of Goldman Sachs. The major U.S. bank reported a slump in first quarter profits of 18%. Especially the performance in fixed income, commodities and currencies trading has disappointed. Revenues in those areas fell as much as 17% to $3.9 billion, according to the Financial Times. These results are below the expectations of analysts and fall short of the report we have seen from JP Morgan and Citigroup last week. The fact that Goldman Sachs sold part of its loan book has created a loss of as much as $470 million in this quarter alone. Bank of America also reported earnings today. However, the profits of Bank of America have beat the expectations of analysts. On the other hand, the bank also announced that they will be cutting as much as as many as 4,000 jobs. Bank of America benefited from higher interest rates in the first quarter while also gaining new customers after the collapse of a few regional banks in the US. Deposits still declined by around 1%. And big U.S. banks benefiting from the collapse of regional banks seems to be a pattern in this earnings season. J.P. Morgan, for example, reported that they have seen an increase in deposits despite generally higher treasury yields because customers are fleeing from banks such as, for example, the Silicon Valley Bank. Citigroup and Wells Fargo have reported the same pattern last week. Netflix reported today a revenue outlook and subscriber growth that missed expectations, while United Airlines said that, according to Bloomberg, increasing international travel and lower operating costs will push profits in the second quarter above estimates. Despite those earnings reports, um, in addition to those earnings reports, we also got hawkish comments from Fed officials. The president of the Atlanta Fed, Raphael Bostic, said on CNBC today that he favors another interest rate hike in May and then holding rates above 5% for some time to restore price stability by bringing inflation back to the 2% target. Let us talk some more about deposits, because that is a very interesting and important topic at the moment. The Financial Times have written a beautiful piece um, about this. According to the forecast of analysts, customers pulled almost $100 billion in deposits out of the four big banks, which are JP Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup and Wells Fargo. The reason for this expected decrease in deposits is that customers are moving their money into money market funds, which are offering a high return, a higher return at the moment than keeping them in deposits. Jason Goldberg, research analyst at Barclays, said to the Financial Times that, quote, the number one, two or three things to watch this quarter are deposits, deposits and deposits, end of quote. 
The banks seem to be at a crossroad right now. They could either accept the fact that they are seeing a significant decrease in deposits or they have to start offering higher rates in order to avoid customers moving their money into money market funds and out of deposits. The sharp decline in deposits is what has caused the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank, essentially. Investors started to move their money out of deposits and SVB had to start selling treasuries at a loss due to rising yields. When customers found out about this, a chain reaction was created and deposits started to flow out very quickly. However, the question does remain, why did Silicon Valley suffer much more under this effect compared to other banks? Uh, For example, Charles Schwab, despite the obvious fact um, that SVB is only a a small regional bank, of course. Now, let us uh, look at the example of Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab also invested a lot of money in government-backed bonds. Interest rates rose, these bonds significantly lost in value, And customers started moving their money out of deposits and into money market funds. Schwab shares are now down around 40% compared to the peak in January of this year. Now, there are two main reasons which are very crucial that explain why Charles Schwab was in a better position than the Silicon Valley Bank um, from from the beginning, basically from the start, when when we have seen um, this outflow of deposits to money market funds. Now, the first um, crucial reason is SVB invested a lot into treasuries with a high duration. These treasuries are especially sensitive to a rise in interest rates, meaning that when when you invest in those um, high duration bonds and interest rates start to rise, then these, especially these high duration bonds, will lose significant value compared to bonds that are more midterm or short term duration. Now, Charles Schwab, on the other hand, mostly invested in government-backed bonds with short and medium-term durations, meaning that the value did not decrease so much in response to rising interest rates. It is very interesting that, according to Robert Armstrong from the Financial Times, securities make up between 55% and 60% of the total assets of both banks. About this topic, the CEO of Charles Schwab, Walter Bettinger, said the following on a call with investors this week, quote, It is important not to confuse, as unfortunately some less than savvy alleged researchers and analysts have, that maturity or weighted average life is not the same as duration. We have many floating rate securities that have a long life, but essentially zero duration, and therefore do not contribute to negative marks with higher interest rates, end of quote. Now, the second, and this reason is probably more obvious, the second reason is uh, that Charles Schwab has more clients with insured deposits, meaning that a so-called bank panic cannot be triggered that easily. SVB, I don't believe any of of those deposits were actually um, insured. Now, a decrease in deposits is generally a big problem for banks when interest rates rise significantly. When we look back at previous interest rate hike cycles, it also becomes evident that the two-year treasury yield usually rises above the level of the final federal funds rate. I expect treasury yields to rise further given the very hawkish comments from the Fed and the economic data we have received in the past three weeks or so. And this could put even more pressure on deposits. 
the further yields rise, the more likely and the more incentivized customers of big of, of banks in general are to, like I said, move their money out of deposits and, and into those money market funds. Um, big banks have been able to keep up deposits, um, um, mostly so far, um, because, for example, the collapse of the Silicon um, Valley Bank. We have um, this fear among customers that um, especially the regional banks will be put under a lot of pressure. So they are moving their funds out of those and putting them potentially into the deposits of the big banks. So, so we have seen in the numbers from JP Morgan and from Citigroup and from Wells Fargo that these banks have seen this this um, slight increase in deposits because of the, the weakness within the regional banks. But um, this effect will most likely not be there anymore when we get the earnings reports from banks in the second quarter of this year. Hence, I do believe that eventually banks will have to offer higher returns on deposits, which would, of course, put pressure on prof profit margins. Also note that the volatility we have seen in the two-year treasury yield throughout this year is not normal. Mohamed Elerian, president of Queen's College, talked about this on Bloomberg Surveillance recently. He said that the two-year yield is usually anchored to the logic of the Fed and the volatility we have seen in the two-year yield um, makes money management very difficult. And this to me also points to the fact that given the Federal Reserve that probably will keep rates higher for longer than what the markets are currently pricing in, we will see the two-year Treasury yield rise again towards a level of 5%. And the uh, Krippentruck stock market news will certainly keep a close eye on, on those deposits. Regarding the current earnings season, Tony Roth, a chief investment officer at Wilmington Trust, said to Bloomberg that, quote, it is so early in the reporting season, it is really hard to make too much out of what is going on. More reports from regional banks in the coming days and weeks will give us a better sense of how they are doing, end of quote. This will also give us a sense of how much the big U.S. banks will continue to benefit from an increase in deposits due to a lack of trust in the small regional banks. U.S. indexes have been mostly mixed today, and um, there has not uh, really been a lot of movement. The S&P 500 finished the trading day basically unchanged in the green by 0.086% at 4,154.87. The Nasdaq 100 finished up by 0.031% at 13,091.79. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average finished in the red by 0.031% at 33,976.63 points. The 10-year Treasury yield declined today by around 2 basis points and fell to 3.574%. Because of the hawkish comments from Fed officials, the policy-sensitive 2-year Treasury yield edged higher on Tuesday. The VIX volatility index was down 0.12 points at 16.83. I would like to quickly talk about the significant decrease in the VIX. I believe that this is not something that we should pay too much attention to. We know that there is much volatility ahead of us, given a very data-dependent Federal Reserve and, and a very uncertain economic outlook, despite despite the fact that the VIX is now um, trading in the in the 16-point range. I believe the VIX is at such a low level because markets are recovering from the shocks in the banking sector. When we saw the collapse of uh, SVB, for example, treasury yields fell significantly. 
And then when we realized that no further bad news from the banking sector was coming to light, equities rose. And at this point, they could also profit from treasury yields that were now at a lower level. This recovery from the shock, in my opinion, plays a big role in the low low level of the VIX right now, but we should not interpret too much into that, Um, at least not not for for the uh, future outlook of interest rates or the economy in general. The losers of today's trading day were utilities and communication services. The winners were industrials and consumer staples. Last but not least, we got some interesting economic data from China. The economy of China grew 4.5% in the first quarter, beating beating economists' expectations of 4%. It seems to be the case that China is now on a good track of economic recovery. It will be interesting to see how that affects commodity prices in the future and whether the recovery will add some inflationary pressures in Europe and the US as well. And that is it for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. New episodes are released every weekday. Have a great evening and I hope to welcome you back to the Stock Market News for Wednesday, the 19th of April. Thank you.